Hey there, I'm Jen, a pediatric registered dietitian who teaches you how to feed your kids and do it right. And I'm Izzy, a student at UNH learning all there is to know about nutrition and dietetics with plans to become a pediatric registered dietitian. On our podcast, Mom, What's for Dinner?, we dig deep into childhood nutrition and teach you not only what to feed your kids, but how to feed them. Join us for conversations about things like eating disorders, RFID, sugar, body image, the gut, and so much more. We release episodes every Tuesday morning. We can't wait for you to listen. Welcome back to another episode of Mom, What's for Dinner? Today we are talking about snacks. Izzy and my favorite topic. Yes, we love snacks. Yes. We're always talking about it. Yep. That's like mostly how we sign off the podcast. Yeah. Because we get like snack time after we finish yeah. like recording. We're like, okay, snack time. Yeah, because we can't chew while we're on this. You know what oh. I thought would be fun though? What? So, okay, backstory. But when I was first starting up my private practice and kind of getting my name out there, I would try new foods I'd never had before, like new snacks. On, on your my, Facebook? Yeah, on yes, my Facebook Yes, I stalked Live. your Facebook once. Yeah. And like, I was like watching all of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, it keeps getting younger and younger. <laughs> As I like scrolled down. Less and less pregnant each time. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? So we should do one of those. Like we should pick something that we've both never had that's gluten-free, obviously, and mm-hmm. have it in real life and do like a review. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? That's always sketchy with gluten-free food though, because like you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I'll pick a good company though. We'll get a certified I'll, one. Yeah, I'll get like a good brand that like I know has good stuff all right all right Izzy leave us in here let's talk about snacks let's talk about our favorite snacks Ooh, you go first because I still have to think of mine yes I will go first so there's a little backstory to this but basically in short this might sound weird to some people but my favorite snacks is or snack is an apple with cheddar cheese Mm. And, like, I know I for some people that might sound, like, weird, but it's so good. If you've, like, never tried it, please go and get yourself an apple and some cheddar cheese. It, I'm pretty sure it's got to be cheddar cheese. Wait, do you melt the cheddar cheese on it? Mm-mm. Okay. No, right. I just have, like, a piece of cheddar cheese and, like, okay. a piece of apple. At the same time? Well, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes I'll alternate. Sometimes I'm like, no, I want both. And got I'll, it. like, put them both in my mouth, but... It. Yeah, it's so good. Well, it is a thing to put cheddar cheese on top of apple pie. Yeah, I heard that. That blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, that might be a little much for me. It's like grilled cheese with like sweet apple. Like that sounds... Oh, I would do that. Actually, that doesn't sound so bad. Like, because they do, like if you've ever had grilled cheese from a food truck, Yeah, they, they do, do like brie and green yeah. apple, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so maybe... You're on to something. Yeah. You've got like the super simplified version do DIY at home. Yeah, well, we used to do it a lot when I was little, and, like, if my parents wanted to, like, put a little more, like, if they had more time or if it was, like, a weekend night, and we wanted to do, like, a little, like, cocktail hour, we would always do, like, little mocktails for my brother and I. We would do, like, seltzer with a splash of, like, cranberry or something, mm-hmm. and then we would always have, like, our, like, little hors d'oeuvre, and it would always be, like, apples and cheddar cheese, or sometimes it was, like, green grapes and cheddar cheese. I love that. Did your parents know that they were actually following my snacking rules? No. <laughs> Two no. food groups, one's a source of protein. So good, though. It, oh, my God. Like, it brings me back to my childhood, too, but, like, still to this day, even when I'm at college and, like, I have, I don't have access to a kitchen, I'm just in my dorm room, I always have apples and, like, cheddar cheese in my fridge, in, like, oh, wow. my little mini fridge in my room, and anytime I want a little snack, like, in between classes or whatever, I always go for my apples and cheddar cheese. I love cheese. it. That's yeah. great. 
So for my favorite snack, like I wanted to come up with something really fun. But realistically, I think it's an apple with peanut butter. Mm. But we can't both say that. Apple. Right? We're going to lose all our following. Yeah, all right. right. That's super interesting. These guys are boring. Yeah. So, favorite snack. I mean, I just, lo- I just love fruit. Like, I could mm-hmm. eat berries all day long. I mean, you're, you were sitting here 20 minutes ago eating a bowl of cherries. Like, I was. Just, like, one thing after another. Yeah. Which, like, I don't blame you. Yeah, they're I so love good. cherries. I think my favorite snack depends on the time of day as well. So, like, at nighttime, if I'm feeling like I want a snack and not, like, dessert, mm-hmm. it's popcorn. My mm. husband makes it on the stove, stove pop popcorn. Yum. You know, like, just a tiny bit of salt. I throw some chocolate chips in there sometimes if I mm. am craving that salty sweet. And the Yum. chocolate chips, like, melt on the hot popcorn. Yum. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Or... Oh, I just thought of this. My favorite homemade snack that's really more like a treat that I make once in a while, Muddy Buddies. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. You just took me back to my childhood. Yeah, Oh, right? my gosh. I love Muddy Buddies. Yeah. Some people call this, like, puppy chow or something. Oh, yeah. I've but heard I that, am, too. I am a Muddy Buddy girl me all too. the way. And yep. I don't put all the extra things. Like, I don't no. do the M&Ms and, like, all the stuff. Yeah, it's no. just, like, straight up. Peanut butter, chocolate, and powdered sugar, basically. Yeah, on the cereal. Yeah. Yes. So good. So good. And when I you make get the them, clumps, yeah. the clumps are the best part. I make them for my brother for Christmas every year because I just never know what to get him. So I'm like, yeah. you get Muddy Buddies. <laughs> and it's great. All right. So. We just got snacks. so excited about snacks. But, right, we did. But it's, you can see how food is so much more than just fuel. Yeah, it is. Right? And like snacks play such an important role in our culture yeah and just in our day-to-day lives too yeah, as we're for gonna sure. as we're gonna see so tell us more about snacks Izzy so snacks well let's let's talk about quote-unquote ideal snack or more so a balanced or satisfying snack okay so I know that you've got your rule about snacks mm-hmm. um or I say rule very loosely. Yeah, It's guideline. more of like a guideline. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do you want to tell us about your yes. guideline for snacks? Yes. When I am educating a family or a child about snacks, I say to them, the whole purpose of a snack is to tide you over until the next meal. Mm-hmm. Yes, snacks are yummy and fun and, you know, can be treats sometimes, that's fine. But on the day-to-day, we want snacks to really serve a purpose. We want the snack to tie us over till our next meal. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It means it has a balance of food groups. Mm-hmm. So that's at least two food groups. Could be up to three if the last meal is kind of small or it's going to be a little while before the next meal. Like maybe it's three hours until dinner time. Then maybe we do three food groups. So to recap the five food groups here... We've got fruits, vegetables, grains, protein, and dairy. I want one of those food groups to be a source of protein. Protein is so important for kids to help keep them full so that they're not just constantly wanting more and more snacks. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many parents have run into this scenario where the kids have free access to the pantry. They grab a little bag of Cheez-Its. They eat those. 
10 minutes later, they're still hungry. They'll have some fruit. Great. Love it. But there's no protein. So while the fruit is a healthy option, not satisfying. So they go back to the pantry. Mm, let me grab a granola bar. And we get into this cycle of just snack after snack after snack. Dinner rolls around and they're not hungry. Yeah. Because they're full of snacks. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't do the same thing when right. I was a kid. Right. I came home from school. Maybe my mom wasn't home yet. I'm a kid. Like, I'm going to just grab what I want. Yeah. Um, but we really want to try to make the effort to educate our kids that they need to have some kind of protein with their snack mm-hmm. and have those foods available. So two of the three food groups, one's got to be a protein. Ideally, there's a fruit or a vegetable in there because we know kids are not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. We want them eating five a day of fruits and veggies that's combined. But most kids are not hitting that guideline. So snacking is actually a really great time to get those foods in. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of list off a couple of those protein sources that people might have as a snack. Yeah. Or add to their snacks to give some ideas for parents who are like, okay, great, a protein source. Do I give them a piece of chicken? Like, what what does that look like? Right. There's nothing wrong with giving them a piece of chicken. Right. Sure. That's a possible (laughs) protein source. Yeah. Dairy products usually are one that go over really well. So that would be like yogurts, cheese, milk. Milk. Could be cereal with milk. Okay. That's a fine snack. Yeah. Cheese sticks are great. Mm. Little cubes of cheese. Yep. Yogurt, hopefully it's lower in sugar. And you can learn more about sugar content of yogurts in episode six, where we talk all about sugar. Dairy products are a great source of the proteins. Nuts or nut butters good source of protein so could be peanut butter could be trail mix or just some other kind of nut Mm. i find pistachios and cashews to be pretty well accepted by kids in the nut relatively mild yeah yep so does hummus count as a protein source i've heard i feel like a lot of people think that hummus is high in protein so would that be yeah Good question. So hummus is made out of chickpeas, Mm -hmm. and chickpeas are definitely a good source of protein. Hummus really isn't that great of a source of protein. Mm. It does have a good amount of unsaturated fat, which is a healthful type of fat that we want to be eating. Mm -hmm. The thing about hummus is that the ratio of chickpea to oil is off, Mm -hmm. so it's really more of a fat source. However, fat is also filling for kids, for anyone, Mm -hmm. but for our kids too. So if we're not getting in a good protein source with the snack, focusing on fat is also an okay option. So that would be like hummus, guacamole, or avocado. Mm -hmm. Again, if you do nut butter, you're getting some protein and some fat. So it's sort Mm -hmm. of like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. Some other options that sort of meet like the fat and protein category would be Some of those snacks that are popping up, you see them everywhere now. Even, like, in the checkout line at Marshall's, you'll find stuff like this. Like, the cheese crisps where it's Mm. just dried dried cheese and it has some spices or whatever. Yep. Um, Snacks made out of chickpeas, so chickpea puffs. Um, Snacks made out of peas, so you can find, like, the Harvest Snap pea crisps. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So, any sort of snacky, crunchy food made from peas or chickpeas or some other legume there's even lentil based ones yeah basically anything that's not made from potato or rice or corn or rice or corn exactly is going to have more protein more fiber and just be more filling 
got it. So you kind of mentioned it a little bit about grabbing a snack here, grabbing a snack there. What would you tell parents to do if they have a child that they would kind of ca characterize as a grazer? Such a good question. I hear this a lot too, where parents are like, well, my kid's just a snacker. That's just kind of how they are. And I get nervous with that because the snacks are most likely interfering with their appetite for meals. Mm. We talked in the picky eating episode, which is episode number two, about the importance of keeping your kids on a food schedule. You don't want to be overbearing about it and be down to the minute, like you cannot have a snack until 3 p.m. You know, you don't want to be crazy about it. But when we let our kids graze all day long, they're not going to eat as well at meals. They're not going to be as willing to try new foods because why would you try something totally new and kind of scary looking when you've been full of snacks all day? Mm -hmm. I encourage families to make snacking an event in and of itself. Not something we do while we're doing something more fun and engaging, right? Not something we do while we're watching TV or playing a game, unless unless it was kind of built into the schedule that way. Mm -hmm. So for example, kids who were just sort of like running around the house, playing, you know, they're doing Legos, they've got blocks out, they're coloring, whatever, and like snacking as they go, it's very mindless. They're not really engaged in that activity. I'm much more comfortable with making the snack a part of the structured day where, you know, you wash hands, you maybe they're helping you prep it, that's all really good exposure, and you're sitting and having a snack with them, and there's a clear boundary of, okay, now snack time is over. Mm -hmm. We're going to go do something else, and in two hours it'll be lunchtime. So that can really help kids not only eat healthier foods, because it's not just running to the pantry grabbing whatever they want, it's in a more controlled setting mm -hmm. where you're putting together apples with peanut butter or carrots and hummus or trail mix. You know, maybe you're making it together as an activity. Um, and it can just promote that good relationship with food. Mm -hmm. um, one of the questions I always ask parents who have kids who are grazers is, do they have access to the snack pantry? And if they do, I encourage them not to, I don't want parents hiding the snacks. I don't want parents locking anything away for sure. Um, but just putting that stuff sort of out of reach, it's a, it's tougher when you have older kids because like they can climb on chairs and climb on the there is no out of reach do yeah. whatever they want exactly but for the younger kids I mean there's no reason that a two or three year old needs to be grabbing their own bars and gummies and whatnot it's like you can have those foods following the division of responsibility as we talk about in every episode um but let's just serve those in a controlled way and make sure that there's a source of protein as well. Mm -hmm. Super important. Yeah. So kind of talking about having a more structured schedule when it comes to snacks and meals, how many snacks a day should a child have? Every child is going to be a bit different. Right. 
most kids do fine with three meals and two to three snacks a day. Mm -hmm. There will be some variation depending on how well the child eats at meals. If your child eats a really great breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they're going to need less snacks. Right. But if they have a smaller appetite, then maybe they need sort of like six equal sized meals or snacks or whatever you would call them throughout the day. Right. A lot of parents ask me if they should allow their child to have a bedtime snack. Mm. To which I say, it depends on how they ate at dinner and what that snack is. I talked in a previous episode about how we don't want to reward kids with food. Mm -hmm. If the snack after dinner is dessert, you should let them have it, even if they didn't eat a great dinner. Mm -hmm. Because what we don't want is to say, you only get dessert if you eat all of your dinner. Because what that's doing is putting the dessert up on a pedestal. It's saying to the child, I need to do this really awful thing, like eat my chicken and broccoli before I can have dessert. Mm -hmm. And it's just really elevating that cupcake or whatever it is. Right. What I encourage parents more to do is plan out when the after dinner snacks are going to be. Mm -hmm. You do not have to serve dessert every night. So maybe you make a plan that dessert is going to be served on Monday and Thursday. And if your child asks for a snack after dinner on Tuesday, you might say, hey, if you're hungry, like, okay, here's your two options, but it's not dessert. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of help with the dessert snack quandary that Mm -hmm. parents get into. Um, If your child didn't eat a very good dinner and you don't want them to go to bed hungry, which as a parent, I get, I don't want my kid going to bed hungry. Um, You can certainly allow them a snack, but it needs to follow that division of responsibility. So let's just say that what it is one more time for new listeners. The division of responsibility says that the parent decides what food is offered and when. The child decides if they are going to eat the food and how much of it they're going to eat. When you offer your child a choice of two items, okay, you need a bedtime snack. You can have a cheese stick or you can have an applesauce. You, as the parent, are in charge of what's being offered. And it's up to them to take it or leave it. If they say, no, I don't want that. I want a cupcake. You can say, that's not on the menu tonight. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So no matter what time of day it is, no matter if it's a meal or a snack, we really want to be following that division of responsibility so that it doesn't become a power struggle. Cool. Now, you know that as a family, people get busy, feels like they're always on the go. Let's give a couple different examples, and we did talk about a couple already, but let's give a couple good snacks for on the go, whether it be to soccer practice or to anything else just anywhere on the go and these are also things that you can keep in your car which Mm -hmm. also is always great and very convenient to have yes i keep trail mix in my car at all times Mm -hmm. um i am the mom that even though i do this for a living i am the mom that always leaves the house without snacks i just (laughs) don't 
I just don't think about it. I think because I have raised my daughter to be on such a schedule and we pretty much only have snacks at home. Mm-hmm. Like we would go out and I would just say, we'll have a snack at home. I, maybe we just never went far. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm not in the mode of packing snacks in the car. Mm-hmm. So now that she's older and she asks for them and, you know, I'm breastfeeding, I'm hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. I keep trail mix in my car. So that's a great one. Yep. If you're giving your young child something like trail mix, you just want to make sure that the nuts are chopped. So Mm -hmm. break them up and make sure that you avoid really big chunks of dried fruit because those can be a choking hazard. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just want to be careful with that sort of thing. But some other good car snacks are like the chickpea puffs, the, the harvest snap peas, the cheese, dried cheese snacks. Those Mm -hmm. are all pretty non-perishable that can yep. last in the car and you can just leave them there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with packing a cooler and an ice block too and bringing fruit, a cheese stick, Yep, things like that. Bananas are great because they literally require no prep. They're already wrapped. You just grab it and go. You can do things like whole grain crackers. Keep a box of Triscuits in the car. I started keeping paper plates, cups, and napkins in the car in a designated little snack bag so that when I need to give her a snack and we're on the go, I at least am prepared for sort of the mess it's going to make. So I think that has been really helpful in in helping me to remember to pack snacks too because I see those things in my car and I'm like, oh yeah, let me make sure I have something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in doing some research for the podcast, I read a really interesting article about snacking trends in U.S. kids, so I thought I would share a couple different things. So about 27% of the calories that your kids consume come from snacks, or the kids in the study. That's more than a quarter of your calories coming from snacks. Yeah, which was pretty cool. I thought that that was really interesting and why it kind of showed the importance of us having this podcast and talking about this because Mm -hmm. if 27% of your kids calories are coming from snacks you want those to be good snacks that are going to be beneficial to your kids right Right, with vitamins and minerals and fiber Mm -hmm. yeah I think about it like okay that's a quarter of your calories imagine you had four meals a day yeah well you wouldn't want your child's fourth meal to be just snack foods right you would want to be getting in some produce some dairy some protein yeah make it count yeah and kind of the wrap-up of the study that I found was so interesting was that the way that the trends are looking from the past 20 25 30 years U.S. kids and the way that we feed our children and snacking in general is going more in the direction of constant eating rather than having those like set breaks of time when you're eating and then those breaks in between where you're not eating and you're doing something else Mm. instead of kind of feeling like you're constantly eating and intaking of different foods Mm -hmm. yeah which is problematic because our bodies are not meant to be just consuming all the time exactly right we need especially for people with say functional gut disorders like IBS they Mm -hmm. need a break in between meals to let the digestive system do its thing yeah yeah um so I just thought that that study was really interesting and that will be linked in the show notes down below 
And always a little shameless plug on our podcast. We put together a the ultimate guide for creative snacks that is available on Jen's website. We had a blast making it. We there's over what like se- over seventy different snack ideas yes. in there. Yes. So, so the, if, yeah, this is the publication that I mentioned in the interview episode where Izzy did all the food photography and she has this hidden food photography talent. <laughs> it's a great publication. We've got so many snack ideas for you in there. Every page has a theme. So mm-hmm. smoothie snacks, energy bite snacks. Hummus snacks, yogurt snacks, you Avocado name it. Avocado snacks. Tons of ideas. Everything. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Creative Snacks. It's available on jenbelandernutrition.com under the shop tab. Check that one out. It's really, really great. And the pictures are beautiful. Easy. <laughs> yeah, we had a blast making that one. So definitely check that out if you need some more snack ideas. Uh, but let's kind of segue into something that might be uh, snack food for some people. So this week's Jen is this healthy is dried fruit. That is a snack food for this person. I keep <laughs> I have this apricot obsession. Yeah, you and do. I keep them in my file cabinet here. I also have them in my pantry at home. <clears throat> is dried fruit healthy? Dried fruit is just what it sounds like. It's fruit that's had the water taken out of it. It's dehydrated. So when I think about dried fruit, I think about like apricots, dates, raisins. I think what are craisins. you thinking of? Craisins. Like a, craisins are a big one for me. They're like one of the only dried fruits that I really like because mm. they have that tartness to them too. Yeah. There's also like banana chips and freeze-dried strawberries and mm-hmm. um, I've seen dried kiwi, dried mango, things dried like that. Dried pineapple, yeah. Yeah. So every dried fruit is going to be a little bit different in how it was made. So instead of giving a blanket yes or no, you shouldn't eat dried fruit, what I'm gonna tell the listeners is to look at the label for added sugar. Mm -hmm. If the dried fruit has added sugar in it, let's find one without added sugar because they do make them without added sugar. So dried fruit is gonna be higher in naturally occurring sugars just because of the nature of what it is it's fruit it has sugar Mm -hmm. we don't need added sugar in our dried fruit so just look for one that doesn't have added sugar some of the things like banana chips or plantain chips i've seen are actually pretty high in fat Um, i've seen one brand of coconut chip that has a bunch of coconut oil added to it in the processing of it which, again, I'm not going to say that that's bad, but you might just be eating more fat than you realize. And right. so depending on who you are and your own health goals and what you've got going on, you may or may not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just check your labels. We would love to know what your favorite snacks are and if you found this episode to be helpful. So leave us a comment. Send us an email. You can email us at jen at jenbelandernutrition.com. Uh, leave a review. We would just love to know your favorite snacks. All right. Absolutely. That's that's it for us. Let's have a snack. Let's go have a snack. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mom, What's for Dinner? If you like what you hear, please be sure to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you need recipe inspiration or want to find out more about how to feed your kids, head on over to jenbelandernutrition.com and check out the videos, blog, and shop tabs. We'll see you soon for another episode.